0: What has made this spurs Rocket series so up and down? Can Manu recapture his youth like he did tonight? Is Pop angrier than usual? The only question left is, say it with me, you win. Hey sports fans, Coach Nick here and welcome to the B-Ball Breakdown Podcast. I am pleased to have on the show today Matt Tynan who was a freelance NBA writer for, well, BballBreakdown.com and uh, Real GM and all sorts of places around the internet. And so, Matt, uh, you are coming to us from the actual arena where that was just uh, hosted in an incredible game. <laughs>
1: yeah, finally we got a good game, right? Like, finally in this second round of the playoffs, we got a good game. Um, it's uh, – I, I honestly, like, looking back at this thing – uh, the Spurs got away with one. They got away with one tonight. So, um, it, it was, a, it was a fun game to, to be at, um, fun game to, you know, be around the, the fans. It was a, it was an up and down sort of game. Um, mm-hmm. especially with Kawhi Leonard going out with, uh, an ankle injury. We don't really know the extent of, but, um, it was, it was certainly a fun one. That's for sure.
0: Yes, and that certainly will be the headline tomorrow, aside from the actual outcome of the game, was uh, the injury to Kawhi, who actually didn't even finish the game. Um, You know, I watched the injury a couple times, uh, the replay, and I gotta say, it doesn't seem like it's that serious to me. I don't know if he rolled it all the way. Um, I guess it was bothering him enough where they just didn't feel comfortable having him out there, but... Um, I don't know. To me, it felt like I, if I were a Spurs fan, I, I don't know how concerned I'd be. I don't. I think maybe I'd be like, he'll be back.
1: Yeah. Um, it, it, it sort of just talking to people after the game, talking to players after the game, talking to uh, Popovich after the game. They don't sound super concerned, um, but they do not. Again, they don't know the extent of it. But what what Popovich said when I asked him the question. Uh, was that they just noticed that whenever he was taking shots he was leaning uh, a a lot on one foot um, and and sort of uh, trying to take pressure off of the ankle that that he injured and so they they elected to uh, they elected to just take him out didn't play obviously at all in the overtime period Um, but players said that that he seemed okay after the game. We, and again, maybe he might be talking, uh, maybe right now, but, uh, he, he was, he was in the back. Um, it was going to be a while before he talked anyway. So, uh, getting treatment, but generally speaking, I think he seemed okay. Uh, players seemed, um, to think that he was okay. So, uh, I, I would say that there's general optimism going forward in this series with, with the injury
0: yeah I saw Manu talking about it a little bit, and then uh you yeah know, it almost felt like they're 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 usually so tight lipped and they never say anything about injuries that just the fact yeah. that Manu kind of even had a couple words about how you know what whatever he wasn't sure even uh just felt like yeah, maybe they're not as concerned, but uh it mm-hmm. certainly is something to to watch for it was, it was a weird lineup without him down out there uh down the stretch and into overtime it 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 really felt like. There was no way the Spurs were going to win this
1: game, didn't it? <laughs> you know, whenever – whenever uh, it, it, toward the very end of regulation, uh, I tweeted out, like, it doesn't look like Kawhi is coming back in this game. He's got a towel over his shoulders. He's kind of sulking. Like, he just looks bummed out, generally speaking. and um, And at that point, you're talking about five extra minutes – uh, against a Rockets team that can kill you in in a heartbeat. Um, so, yeah, doesn't doesn't really feel like a game uh, they should have won. And, you know, I just – you look at this, and this is one of those games where you just the, – the Spurs just pulled it out of their bleep,
0: <laughs> if, <laughs> if,
1: if you want to talk about it like that. Because, you know, I mean, that overtime period, nobody scored for like – uh, three or four minutes. I haven't looked at the final. Um, I haven't looked at the final play by play. Uh, but I do remember looking up at the clock and noticing that it was still 101, 101 um, at right around the two minute mark left in the, in the overtime period. So, um, they look, both teams looked tired. Uh, both teams looked like they didn't quite have their legs under them and um, when you're talking about one team who still has their star um, who by the way James Harden still doesn't sound good like he I think he still has some sort of chest cold um, that he's been dealing with for a little little while now Mm -hmm. Um, but without without Kawhi Leonard on the floor the Spurs oof uh, generally speaking just have not been good so um, being able to manufacture points, especially without Tony Parker on the floor, uh, being able to execute in those pick and roll situations, and, and getting into the paint and at least making defenses collapse on them. Um, couple that with, couple that without having Kawhi Leonard on the floor. Um, yeah, that was a that was a difficult situation they had to get over, and they did. Um, uh, really impressive win by the Spurs tonight.
0: Yeah, and definitely like a gritty kind of, uh, it was yeah. you weird. Know, the, the game was very, it's very variable. And I think that happens when you talk about the Rockets part, in, the, in the sense that they, they hit threes, they don't hit threes, they go on these streaks. It's really hard to get a, a, a nice clean game. We, we saw that in the first game, but uh, I had thought that in the beginning of the fourth quarter, the, the Spurs kind of had taken control. They were kind of hammering them on the offensive boards, and they mm-hmm. had like, you know, they like got a, a two-point lead, or they were kind of building a four-point lead in there early in the fourth. Yeah. Um, so what do you think kind of happened? Because then all of a sudden the game got kind of tight again. What's what's hurting the Spurs the most, do you think?
1: Oh my gosh! I mean, at this point, it's it's look the very like the variance of the Houston Rockets game. Um, the fact that when like you you brought up the offensive rebounding, uh, the Spurs have to sort of stay big when the Rockets, without Nene now, are going small a lot more often. Um, and and there is a really difficult, <laughs> a difficult situation there when you have a team that spreads it out all over the floor um, and they run that high pick and roll and James Harden gets going downhill, either that or the Spurs switch, and there's a, you know, LaMarcus Aldridge, who's pretty good on the perimeter mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, defensively, it's just a it's a really difficult situation to deal with for them um it, the rockets are going to present the same problem to literally every team they play um and with the spurs especially who you know would prefer to stay big uh popovich has always been somebody who likes to stay big he always wants to um uh sort of control that area of the court uh rather than go small and you know one of the things that we saw in especially in game two uh, he went small um, mm-hmm. which which is not normally again not normally something he does so um, the Spurs are in a situation where uh, now that the now that the uh, now that the Rockets are essentially um, other than going with a lot of capella um, and then obviously Anderson um, Outside of that, they're having to deal with literally James Harden in a high pick and roll every single play with four shooters around him, and that's that's a it's a very difficult thing for the Spurs to deal with, um, especially if they want to stay big and keep that advantage on the boards. But that's sort of the battle they have to uh, they have to endure because if the Spurs want to beat. The Rockets in this game, they have to take advantage of the fact that they're bigger and that they can get the offensive rebound capitalized on second chance points. But um, again, you know, what the what the uh, what the Rockets did to them in uh, in game four was, you know, they outmathed them. So so to speak, I mean, mm-hmm. D'Antoni, Dantony said it in the in the postgame presser, um, they got threes. Uh, they lived with Aldridge posting up, uh, but but the Spurs handled things a little bit differently tonight. They didn't um, – they hit a lot of shots, um, but it was um, – you know, it's tough to say when you look at this and think I, I, I should have a box score in front of me, but I don't. But I think the Rockets were 16 of 47 from three tonight. Yeah, 16 um, of 48. Very good. 48. So um, if they're not hitting their threes, they're very beat. They're, they're beatable. Um, It's a team that is going to struggle uh, if they are not hitting their threes. So that's an important Mm -hmm. thing uh, in this series. And that's why it's such a toss up in my mind. Like the, the, the Rockets are, if they're either going to hit their threes or they're not. And if they don't hit their threes, the Spurs have a great chance of beating them. And I'm not exactly, (laughs) I'm not exactly sure considering, uh, the, uh, the Rockets last game, I believe were 25 of 41 on, cont- so they're going to do that sort of thing. And obviously that's going to be, uh, a, a much larger possibility at home. Uh, but the Rockets are going to do what they do. They're not really that complicated. Um, but if they do what they do, well, they're going to beat you. It's really difficult to beat them unless you're the Warriors.
0: Well, you know, there's something else that's also impossible to beat when it comes to buying tickets to NBA games. It's called SeatGeek, and if you download their app now, you'll get access to the best prices for all your sporting and concert events. You want to go see Game 6 in Houston? Fire up the app, do a quick search, and SeatGeek will search multiple ticket sites for a huge selection of seats with a grade letting you know how good a value they are. Plus, you can see a picture with a vantage point from the seat. Every purchase is fully guaranteed, so use my code COACHNICK and save 20 bucks off your first purchase to a game, or a concert, or even the Theta. I'm going to find Hamilton tickets right now. So use my code CoachNick after downloading the SeatGeek app and experience the wonderful world of live entertainment. Now let's talk some stats, shall we? And we, <laughs> we always look at this in terms of how many more threes you make versus the t- uh, total rebounds and turnovers. And if right. you look at the box score, uh, you know the Spurs uh, out-rebounded them 52 to 47 and then they only had 7 turnovers compared to 15. For the Rockets. And so mm-hmm. the Rockets could then beat them if they make, you know, probably like, well, one more three, right? And that would have been right. 17 threes versus the 11 that the Spurs made. So we're starting to realize here that, you know, the Spurs can can keep within five or six three points makes. That's probably a good, you know, barometer yes. for what's what going to happen there. Um, yeah. But why don't they go? I would like to see Kawhi Leonard play the four more. I don't know why they don't do like Aldridge, Leonard, uh, Mills, Green. Mm-hmm. And, like, and, like, Simmons, I don't – is there any reason
1: why he won't go, like, small ball and, and really give it a, a shot? Well, again, like, he did do – a uh, Popovich ran a lot more small ball uh, in game three, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, game two or game three. I can't remember which one. But the, but then he went back to big ball. And Pop wants – he doesn't like going small. He never has liked going small. Um, game three. Game three. Um but uh, you know I think it's just it's just basically in his general nature he doesn't like to do it and I think he's looking at this and saying we're not gonna outgun them we're not going to outshoot the rockets they are this is what they do this is their this is their game they want to uh, play a fast pace they want to shoot a lot of threes and get to the rim but mostly shoot a lot of threes mm-hmm. and the Spurs are not. You know they have the reputation still, but they are not the same type of three-point shooting team that they were in the past. Um, so they, I think they want to limit um, limit the opportunities and and do what they can um, to. And you mentioned they they again tonight or uh, you know won the rebound battle tonight, and they want to do that. They wanna they want to stay big and force uh, force the Rockets especially, you know, Ryan Anderson and, and obviously Clint Capella in, uh, in situations where, you know, there might be two guys like Gasol or Aldridge uh, pounding the glass offensively. And you don't really see that a lot with the Spurs in recent years and not even just in recent years, but as long as Popovich <laughs> has, has, has been the Spurs coach, um, they, are, they have never focused on the offensive glass and they are very clearly doing so right now because they feel, especially with Tony Parker out and uh, especially because they cannot get the same sort of looks that they do when he's in the lineup uh, by collapsing the defense in the paint that they're going to crash the glass and they're going to look uh, to get offensive rebounds and use their, their bigs and, and their length to, to convert, you know, second chance points. And, and, uh, you know, I think they, they realize at this point they are going to have, they have to do that because, uh, they're not manufacturing points the same way they're accustomed to. So, uh, they have to pound the glass and they're going big because of it. Mm -hmm. Um, if Tony, if Tony Parker is healthy, I'm not sure they're using the same, uh, strategy, but, that's you know that's where the Spurs are right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, and it's just it's just barely working. I mean, it's the margins. It's here, barely working. <laughs> yeah, right. Very small. <laughs> also, because you know, if you're going to crash the glass, then you're going to give up. Uh, you know, those those threes in transition, and uh, you know, it, it's right. Just, that's
1: the yeah. that's the dangerous part. I mean, this. I mean, goodness. This is this is a a very scary team to approach. Uh, use a game plan like that against. Uh, they can. They can kill you, but the Spurs have to score, and uh, they're they made a lot of shots tonight. Um, really uh, tough shots uh, from the eye test. I haven't had a chance to really go back and look at anything. Obviously, sitting in the arena, but like uh, it, it looked to me like they they uh, made a lot of tough shots tonight and. On top of that, they had, to, they had to eke it out at the very end. I mean, again, they got away with one tonight. Right.
0: Well, and they also they, they got away with one with a vintage performance from uh, Manu Ginobili. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, the crowd must have been just like flabbergasted as he's dunks on the guy with his right hand like, going down the yeah. lane and making
1: shots, right? Did it, did yeah. it feel that way? Oh man, we, uh, on press row, I was, I was, everybody was looking around at each other. Like, did he just dunk that with his right hand? (laughs) Did he, did, did, you know, 39 year old Mono Ginobili just get up and dunk with his right hand? Yeah, it was, um, look, I've written about it before, uh, Spurs fans, you know, revere Tim Duncan as the greatest player in franchise history. And obviously he is, but, uh, they love Mono Ginobili more than anybody so um once he once once he got up and threw that thing down it uh it was uh it was unbelievable i mean this this arena was very very loud tonight uh, it was sort of sort of flashbacks to the to the spurs heat finals um uh, this arena had a lot of energy and whenever they get a chance to see Ginobili do that, they, they appreciate the hell out of it. I mean, they absolutely love it.
0: For sure. It was, it was a really yeah. exciting to watch. I mean, I, I was vining it myself on Twitter, and, uh, and everyone was going yeah. crazy just sharing the, the, the dunk. Um, and again, like, you know, he, he'd been playing so poorly this whole series long that I guess the question is either yeah. he was bound to break out of it or is he going to go right back to where he was after this game?
1: Oh man, who knows. Uh he in not even just this series, but he was really really bad in the first uh in the mm-hmm. first series. I think it was if I'm not mistaken, he didn't score in four straight games. It was at least mm-hmm. three straight games, but it might have been four. Um so you know, at this point at this point you take what you can get from Manu. Uh the the interesting thing going forward is going to be, you know, what is Kawhi leonard's condition and um if he is limited or in some you know some scenario um jeff mcdonald of the uh san antonio express news we were talking after the game and he asked me he was like do you do you just sit kawaii and and come back with for game seven like do you just do you just rest him and see what happens and then come back for game seven and I don't think you can do that. <laughs> right. Um, I don't think you can risk that. But it's it's a it's a reasonable question to ask. Um, but man, if you get these type of games from Ginobili, it's a huge deal um, because of the fact like you didn't get anything from uh, from him for a long time in the first series. And but now that Tony Parker is hurt, you need something. You you absolutely need something from him because he has to take over um, uh, point guard duties, like de facto point guard duties, uh, mm-hmm. more more now than ever because there is no Parker on the floor, um, and he's the other one that knows how to run the offense. So, um,
0: well, yeah. sp- Speaking yeah. of that, um, you know, did John, John did Murray uh, started two games? He looked yeah. really shaky in Game Three, but yeah. he looked a lot better in Game Four. Just probably getting the nerves out and just getting comfortable. Um, mm-hmm. Like, how do you explain him getting zero playing
1: time today? Um, he so I would say that um, that the last game he had a couple of moments where he was good, but it it, it was very clear that Popovich was uncomfortable with. Um, with the way that he was handling things. And I was wondering if this was gonna be the case. I know that Pop wants to sort of throw him in the fire, uh, so to speak, and, and see how he handled things. Um he had a few moments, but just generally speaking, he had from and I was in Houston for the game and and was watching him very carefully because I know the Spurs are really high on him. They um uh, they are high on him and his future as the the Spurs' starting point guard, but uh, he had a lot of rough moments, and I think Popovich sort of said, "We can't afford to do this anymore. We can't afford to get off to slow starts. We need another shooter in the game. We have to have um, we have to have the threat of the three point uh, ball against this team. Like, just we have to." and <laughs> Um, and Patty and Patty has been really good defensively in this series. He's been, he's been bothersome to, uh, ball handlers, especially Harden. Um, and, and the Spurs went with a lot of, when Patty was off the floor, they went with a bunch of like Kyle Anderson handling the ball and they went, they went bigger. They didn't go back to DeJounte. Uh, and it's interesting, um, you know. I think, I think they just reached a point of desperation where pop was like, not going to risk it anymore. Got to Got to go with my guys. And, sure. and pop will do that. Pop is, pop is stubborn. Um, if he, you know, if he doesn't trust you, um, yeah, <laughs> ask, ask yeah, ask Deadman. He, uh, yeah, <laughs> he does not trust Deadman right now. And it's sort of, sort of, uh, crazy. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, he doesn't. He he. Uh, I think he lost some trust in Dejounte for this series, at least. Not I wouldn't say going forward, but definitely for this series.
0: Uh, yeah, and and then you know if you look at how they're they're balancing their their bench, you know, Bob played four guys off the bench, two who got 32 minutes each in Ginobili and Simmons, and then you look over at the Rockets uh, box score, and only mm-hmm. two guys got off the bench. Now they, they uh, Ryan Anderson played 36 and Lou Williams played 26, but yeah. Um, but, uh, you know you have to imagine that that's a pre- you playing seven guys when you don't have an yeah. up right now that's gotta be a problem for D'Antoni, and it looked like that was didn't know feel like it was they were just tired, right
1: yeah, um, and you know I mean through the first uh through the first four games, they only played eight guys, so um their bench is tight, and uh it's. It's sort of tough to look at this and say, like, how can you not be tired by the end of these games? Um, it, it is interesting to me, but I don't know really. They don't really have any other options, um, especially now that Nene is out and Gordon's in the starting lineup. Um, I, I, I D'Antoni does not trust Montrez Harrell right now, um, yeah, and beyond that, there's really not anyone that he's shown, uh, to be a part of the rotation regularly for a while. Uh, Decker is sort of in the equation, but he just came back from an injury. Um, they're, they're in, in a situation right now where their rotation is not going to be more than seven or eight people, um, seven, seven or eight guys. And that's, that's obviously if you're if you're the Rockets, like that's a concern. Uh, look, these guys can play a lot of minutes, and it's the playoffs, and you kind of have to. But uh, that's a concern if you're if you're only able to if they only roll out seven guys, um, you're going to be in a situation where legs get tired, shots stop falling, um, and you're you're playing the Spurs, who even without Tony Parker can still go ten deep and that's that's going to be an issue over the course of a seven game series
0: yeah yeah he has to find Six minutes for Harrell or seven minutes, and he's got to find Something. Decker a run. Something, I mean, you know, because yeah. I would argue if they just had a little bit more energy from those guys down the stretch, they you know they, they would have made one extra play. That's how it came down to pretty much. Yeah, um, and uh, it is crazy. Now let me ask you this, because you know it's it's hard to tell a lot of times for, about Popovich when you're not there in the arena. But what I've seen on TV in this series is. He he seems like he's a little bit more angry. Like they caught him, you know, t- yelling at David <laughs> Lee, saying "Sit your ass down!" Like last game, and then tonight he got he ripped into Powell for apparently like not screening at the end of the quarter uh, for Patty Mills. Um, so, do you feel yeah. like he's more on edge now, or is this sort of the same old pop?
1: Same old pop. The, oh, yeah. This this is this is same old pop. He is um, he has not lost. Uh, an ounce of fire, actually, you know, I, I would actually say that uh, he's been um, just especially concerning the media and, you know, what we always in the past, you know, laughed about when he would get on media folks and all this stuff. He's been a lot better this year. He's been a lot more <laughs> uh, gentle, so to speak. But um, at the same time, man, he he is still. Uh, he is as fiery as ever, um, even at his age. And, um, I think he, I, I'm trying to remember the, the phrase that he always used, uh, sick puppies. I think he called NBA coaches, um, uh, something like that. Like he, I, I I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Um, but regardless, just um, always, always referred to NBA coaches as, as essentially crazy people, um, <laughs> and and he um, he has not changed very much. And I wonder, I wonder if not having Duncan around anymore, he's sort of relaxed into a different person, or or taken a, a you know uh, a bigger load upon himself to to. Coach up Kawhi and, and deal with all these young guys. Um, I don't really have an answer for you there, but he does not seem uh, to have lost an ounce of steam. Uh, that's for sure. He is he is still incredibly passionate about his job, and it's it's pretty obvious when you talk about things like that. Like and and again, you had a better view on the on the uh, television screen than I did from where I was sitting, but. Um, he, uh, yeah, he's he's still just as passionate as he's always been. It's it's amazing, especially considering he's 70 or pushing 70. Uh, yeah. Well, wow. well, you know,
0: I just did a a video about Kawhi Leonard and his footwork. Uh, I'm not yeah. sure if you saw it, but certainly, yeah. you know, on Twitter, everyone, you know, people have seen it, and uh, now <laughs> when you're watching the games. Everyone's kind of like looking at it more carefully because I was shocked. You know, to me, Manu was the epitome of proper footwork and a very fundamental player. Um, he got a, he got away with a couple really egregious ones today, and I'm just wondering, like, is that has that rippled across? Is people understand like what's going on here? And is that going to be is, it, is anyone is that an issue with the Spurs side of the of the, the ball?
1: Wait, uh, Manu or Kawhi got away? Oh, did away I say with...
0: Manu? I meant Kawhi.
1: Kawhi. Okay, he got away. Okay. um... Yeah, you know, I think I, it, it's it's such a lame um, uh, rationalization, but he's starting to get get the superstar type of calls where they don't um, where uh, I, I saw what you posted, and um, he does get away with some interesting footwork, so <laughs> to speak. Um, he, he's uh, I, you know, I think that. You know, obviously, Spurs fans are not going to look at that and think anything of it. Um, they're they're perfectly happy with him getting away with some of the things that he does. But um, but no, I, you know, I think that you know, I think generally speaking, he's he's obviously fundamentally sound. He's as fundamentally sound as as <laughs> most anyone in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, but he does he does get away with some sort of elongated slow motion sort of movements um if if that's how i can explain it but um those euros yeah but you know,
0: it's funny because to me that doesn't bother me as much when you're off the, coming off a dribble and all that kind of stuff. Well, when he starts to switch the pivot feet, you know, one of them he caught. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. You know, he, he was near mm-hmm. the
0: sideline. He balancing act to catch the ball, and then he he lifts that foot up when that was the pivot foot, and they did he did it on that floater toward the end, uh, just like happy feet, just slide them around yeah. and,
1: and getting it off. Um, it's, interesting. I've leaned over, I've leaned over to my, if I'm watching a Spurs game with my wife, I've leaned over <laughs> on multiple times and multiple, um, in, in multiple, uh, places and said, Kawhi just traveled all over the place, like, and, and got away with it. <laughs> and, yeah. Like, um, because you know, he does a lot of stuff where, um, not only is he isolating, but he's posting up and, um, he, he does get – there's a lot of – I wonder – I really do wonder if it's because there's so much with him. There's so much bully ball contact up top where he's, he's bumping guys off him that it distracts refs from his footwork. Like I, I mm-hmm. honestly do wonder that. Um, huh. But, uh, I, you know, who knows? Who knows? Um, sure. But he does get a lot of – um he does get away with a lot of uh pivot foot stuff uh he gets away with a lot of euro step um euro step stuff um but you know that that guy has improved light years beyond what i thought he was gonna be so i'm when i want <laughs> even when he gets away with that stuff uh it's it's a lot of fun to watch him. Um, And now he's now he's, uh, you know, we'll see what happens with him going forward in this series. We'll see how healthy he is. But but no, you're you're absolutely right. He has he gets away with some stuff. And I think that's what we start to start to call, you know, the superstar calls.
0: Sure. Yeah. It's a a good sign. It's a good sign for him. And. Well, you know, yeah. as we, let's wrap up here and talk a little bit about, like, okay. Game 6 and what we, we, what we should see for, you know, the rest of the series. And how, how do you feel about them going, OK, let's just pretend that Kawhi is going to be able to play. And maybe he's not 100%, but he's whatever. How do you feel yeah. about the Spurs' chances in Game 6 in Houston?
1: Man, I was talking with some people tonight, and I just don't know. Um, I really do not know. This, this series has so much randomness. Um, I, you know, I think that and I've been in Houston when the Rockets uh, have not had good shooting nights. Like, it, it doesn't typically, just because they're going home, doesn't mean they're going to have good shooting nights. Mm. Um, and they're, the variance is so high with the Rockets that, it, look, they could, for the next two games, uh, shoot lights out. But now that their rotation is shorter um, – I am anticipating just, and this is this is total conjecture, um, but from what the players were talking about tonight in the locker room at the podium, uh, that Kawhi will be ready to go for uh, for Game Six. So um, obviously, all NBA fans would would enjoy that. We don't want to see a a, <laughs> a game. Uh, not only without Tony Parker but also without Kawhi Leonard but uh, he it seems that he's okay Uh, we will see but um, you know it's interesting and you brought up how short the Rockets rotation is now and you know these this series is every other day and Um, there isn't that like three day layoff or, or two or two full day layoff to, to recover. And, um, it's going to be interesting, uh, to see what they do going forward again. Like I brought up earlier, the Rockets aren't complicated. They do what they do. They run a high pick and roll and Harden either gets to the rim, finds Capella for the lob or finds a three point shooter. And the Spurs know that they, they have this, um, they have the blueprint figured out. It's just about how the hell do you stop it on mm-hmm. on most nights. Um, so these little adjustments um, going forward are, are going to be interesting. Houston Houston doesn't have a crazy intimidating home court. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, they m- most fans don't get there until. About halfway through the first quarter in that arena. Um, so it's not like you're going to Oklahoma City or Oracle or something like that. And the Spurs have shown an ability to win in Houston. Um, and I know that's all that stuff is sort of fluff. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I think the Spurs have a really solid game plan going like just for how to handle the Rockets. Um, it's just a matter of whether they're able to close the deal they did tonight. It was really difficult for them to do, even on, like even on their home floor. And uh, like I brought up earlier, without Tony Parker being able to break down the defense, they're going to have to hit shots. They're 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 manufacturing a lot of different actions that they totally or that they don't normally do. Um, like a lot of different curls coming off of, of screens. And, and I know, I mean, obviously um, Parker does the loop play a lot uh, (laughs) or or is that's, you know, one of San Antonio's staples. Um, But they're not, they're not able to execute the pick and roll the way they normally do. Um, They can't get a lot of just straight up pick and roll action into the paint. And it makes things difficult when you're not breaking the defense down, and you're having to you're having to go with post-ups, you're having to go with isolations, you're having to um, you're having to put th- uh, plays in people's hands that aren't necessarily. Nah, nah, I shouldn't even say necessarily. You're having to put uh, the ball in in players' hands who aren't nearly as good as Tony Parker at getting into the paint and. Uh, kicking the ball out and finding shooters just not even close so it's a it's a it's a difficult situation the rock offensively they're okay they're you know sort of middle of the road um but uh, you know i i picked the spurs to win in seven games in this series and i'm I'm sort of thinking that's what it's going to be, uh, still. And and the Rockets could the Rockets could win in seven, but right. I think this thing is going to be really drawn out. I think uh, we've we've gotten the the blowouts out of our system, so to speak.
0: Matt, thank you so much for for joining us today. That was a terrific uh, breakdown of the game. Uh, and certainly, yeah, we are looking very forward. I think we're all going to win, no matter who wins or loses these games. We're gonna, <laughs> we're going to win watching it. Uh, yeah. Let us know where, where can we follow you on Twitter.
1: Uh, at Matthew uh, underscore Tynan on Twitter. Yeah. All
0: right, terrific, great follow. You get all your uh, Spurs news there, up to date, and uh, check out. He wrote an article this uh, this week for BeballBreakdown.com. And uh, again, Matt, thanks for coming on the show and joining us. And uh, don't forget, sports fans, at BeballBreakdown, we're not a channel, we're a conversation. You in? Are you in, Matt?
1: I'm in, man.